It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at savemypetidtag.com. Buzz up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Yep, it's me, Arden Moore. Pets make our lives better. I mean, in fact, I think we're happy to open up our wallets to give them lots of care, toys, treats. But which generation reigns as top dog when it comes to spending on our pet pals? You're about to find out with our special guest. Please welcome to our show a great member of Market Watch Guide's research team, and she's a proud doggy mom. Please welcome. Haley Neff. Welcome to the show, Haley. Hello. Welcome, everyone. It's so good to be here. And over your shoulder, for those doing the YouTube, you're going to see who? This is my little Bernadoodle, Charlie. She's two years old, and she loves long walks. She loves to hike. She loves the snow, and she's the bestest girl. I love her so much. (laughs) And for the the radio loyal listeners out there, describe what she looks like, because I'm thinking she should be much bigger if she's got Bernadie's mountain dog in her. <laughs> yeah, she's surprisingly pretty small. She's about 40 pounds. So she's about the size of like an Australian shepherd. And she has that tricolor coloring with black, white and brown fur. What is her personality like? She seems pretty chill. (laughs) She is quite chill, but she's also very spunky. You can talk to her and you can ask her questions and she will answer with a bark or a grumble (laughs) or something. She's very, very expressive and super smart. She can almost be a little bit of a trickster sometimes because she's too smart. (laughs) So how did you guys get together? You know, I teach Pilates at a local studio here in Boise, and one of my clients was having puppies. And, you know, I had lost my Labrador retriever about two years before, and I was finally feeling ready to open up my heart to a new dog. And so it was just the perfect timing, and we fell in love right away. She was my first pick, and yeah, she was so cute when I met her, so I just had to take her home. (laughs) So when we talk about surveys, give people an idea of what the heck Market Watch guides. What who are you? Yeah, absolutely. So Market Watch is a leading authority on the internet for all things related to personal finance, the stock market, and investing. So on my team, we specialize in travel and pet and life. Oh, you got the cool categories. 
Yeah, we get to have a lot of fun. And, you know, since I'm such a passionate dog mom, I really try and step in and play an active role in these research studies. And, you know, we learn so much by studying the Bureau of Labor Statistics data. We also launch regular surveys of, you know, pet parents across the USA. And we ask them, you know, like, you know, during the um, holiday season, we asked if people were going to let their pets open up their own Christmas presents. So we like to have <laughs> a little bit of fun with it too. But yeah, we really just want to analyze the market trends around the pet industry, which as we know, has grown so much in the past few years, thanks to social media and all these new brands coming out with such innovative and fun products for pets. Pet spending has skyrocketed. And so we really wanted to dive into the data and find out who is spending the most, why they're spending the most, and what kind of conclusions we can draw from that. I like that. That's good homework. Now, when I have learned that we spend more money on pets than we do on things for babies, toys combined, pets are big. Yeah. So we found by analyzing the data that most people actually spend more on their pets than they do on their personal care products. So if you think about things like soap and toothpaste, you know, things that most people are regularly... I hope everybody's bathing. (laughs) I hope so too. (laughs) But surprisingly, we found that people are actually spending more as a percentage of their income, which is important to distinguish than like the actual value. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So they're actually spending more on their pets than they are to take care of themselves, which I think just goes to show just how much we really love our pets and how much joy they bring into our lives and how much we want to give that joy back to them too. Some people say, I got this dog or cat for free. I rescued this pet. I got this pet at a shelter, blah, blah, blah. Come on, Haley, there's no such thing as a free dog or a free cat, right? Absolutely not. No, it's very important as pet owners that we are taking our dogs to the vet, making sure that they're getting their routine checkups, dental cleanings, getting their vaccinations. But also dogs, you know, they're not meant to sit in a house all day and do nothing. Like we need to make sure that they have the proper leashes and harnesses. And, you know, Charlie's even got a pair of snow boots, right? So they get out and go hiking in in the wintertime and keep her paws safe. And then You know, if you have a high energy dog, a smart dog, a dog that just loves to play, you're going to need to get it toys as well. And then they got to eat. I I hear this noise in the background. Ching, 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 ching. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it all adds up, but it's all worth it if you ask me. So this survey was done and you sort of looked at maybe a decade before 2013, 2021, there was a, a big increase in us pet spending in households, correct? Correct. So we saw over this time period that household spending on pets increased by 67%. Well, and let's if- wait. Let's hit the pause button for a minute. Sure. 67%. I don't think the cost of a car has gone up 67% in a decade or other big ticket items, right? Yeah, it's definitely not to be understated. This is a huge jump in spending and it averages out to about $300. I think it's just a little less than $300 that people are spending additionally each year on their pets. Okay. We did interview an expert as to why they thought these kinds of trends were occurring. And they said that with the rise in social media and dogs being influencers and now- cats. 
and cats being influencers. Totally correct. We're seeing more of a societal shift in the way we think about our pets. They're really not just pets to us anymore. They are part of our family. And, you know, watching other dogs on the internet or cats play with new toys or get a brand new stylish leash set. I know I'm very easily (laughs) influenced and I want to buy my dog all these fun things too. So I think that the rise in internet marketing and social media really has contributed to this growth. People dig seeing the clips on dogs and cats. Why do you think that is? You know, I think for me especially, it's just such a bright spot in my day. One of my favorite TikTok accounts is called Good Boy Ollie. And it's about a chocolate lab and his yellow lab little brother. And they live in London. And they're just the sweetest little pets. And it never fails to bring a smile to my face. If I'm having a stressful day, you know, it calms me down and uplifts my mood. Dogs are just so pure and so adorable that I really think, you know, with all the doom and gloom that we can see on the internet these days, that these animals have really kind of like risen to be a bright spot in our internet daily life. And I think that's why people really enjoy the dog content so much because they relate to it. They're like, oh, my dog would love to do this activity too. So I really think that it's just to bring that positivity. Have you posted anything with your beautiful girl, Charlie? I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge influencer myself, but (laughs) on my personal Instagram, which is private, I do share photos of Charlie, of course. (laughs) Hey, Pet Pals, we're speaking with Haley Neff. She is with Market Watch Guides. We're going to dive into what the findings are of this recent comprehensive study about how we spend money and what we do with our pets after we take this break. And you all know the drill. We got to sit, stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life, and they're finally here. Arden has two new books. Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here unleashing my latest books to help you better understand why your pets are doing what they're doing. The books are called The Dog Behavior Answer Book and The Cat Behavior Answer Book. Does your dog have you begging for answers? Are you confounded by your cat's actions? You have questions. I have the answers. The books are in a question and answer format. So make sure to get your paws on the Dog Behavior Answer Book and the Cat Behavior Answer Book. Available now at Amazon.com, other great book outlets, and of course, our website, FourLeggedLife.com. Paws up. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Live Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am digging my talk with Haley Neff. She is with Market Watch Guides, and she is representing this brilliant Brainiac research team and journalists that have really dug in deep, more than a dog can dig a bone in a, in a ground, to find out what are we doing, what generations are spending the most, and why. So let's talk about millennials. What's the deal with millennials and pets? I've heard that it's been called the fur baby 
boom generation. What does that mean? Yeah. So millennials have long been touted as fur baby obsessed parents. For a lot of millennials, you know, it's been a lot harder for us to acquire housing and cost of living expenses can be much higher for millennials. It's much more approachable for me to have a dog than it is for me to have a baby. I think a lot of millennials are also, you know, right at the peak of their careers where they're very interested in propelling themselves in their work lives, which again, is not always as conducive to having a child. So I think for a lot of millennials, we kind of give all of this motherly and fatherly love that we would normally give to a baby. We give it to our pets. I know I look at Charlie as though I raised her in my womb. I love her so much. And so I think that a lot of millennials really relate to that and are just obsessed with their dogs. Millennials, it's my understanding, according, uh, you all reached out to a very prominent group in the pet industry, that is the American Pet Product Association. Correct. And and they were saying that millennials spend more than Gen X or baby boomers, right? There may have been a misunderstanding there. Millennials are actually in third place. Oh, pardon me. Okay. Yeah, according to our data. So we actually found that despite millennials being touted as the fur baby obsessed generation, they are in third place on the top spending. So who's number one and two? We found that baby boomers are the number one spenders with spending about a percent of their total income on their pets every single year. And that averages about to $793 per year. In second place, we have the silent generation. For those that don't know, the silent generation are those older than baby boomers. So a little bit older there. And they're spending about 0.75% of their income each year on their pets or about $356. So that's by generation. All right, let's go into gender. Chicks or dudes? Who's opening their wallet more for their pets? by far and wide, the women are spending the most money on their pets. Okay. And spending more than double what men are spending on pets. So women are spending on average $647 per year on their pets okay. versus men that are only spending about 282 bucks. So, oh, dudes, cough it up. Yeah, like I said, they might get sent to the doghouse if they, if they don't step it up. So do you have any idea why why women might almost outspend men almost it's more than two to one it's it's almost three times so we did ask our expert that i mentioned earlier the same question and they found that women just being a little bit more maternal in our personalities we're more likely to see our pets as our fur babies right and we want to spoil them and love them just like we would our children Whereas men, while they might really, really love their pets, they do see them as more of a companion and not so much of a child. So that was one thing that he called out. And another thing that he mentioned was, again, those social media trends. Women tend to be a little bit more active on social media. They like to shop online a little bit more. (laughs) And so all of those things can definitely contribute to women wanting to spend more on their pets than dog dads do. Maybe if you're a cat or a dog and you're with a woman, you might have more than one collar, more than one leash, more than one jacket. But if you're living with a man, they might just say, this is your one and only leash. This is your one and only collar. Totally. I mean, personally, Charlie has five different leash sets to match all of my different outfits. But, you know, I think it's just like how I want 
multiple pairs of shoes to go with all my outfits. So yes. I think that Charlie needs the same where I think many men out there might be comfortable with just one or two or three pairs of shoes and <laughs> it's the job done for them. So they don't see as much of a need for these extra cutesy fun items that maybe women get more of a kick out of. And another element I wanted you to dive in on is by where we live, geographics. Yeah. So coast to coast, you know, we are a very diverse country, 50 states. You're in Boise, Idaho. I'm talking to you from Dallas, Texas. Based on your survey results, which region and why in the country seems to be spending the most on pets? So interestingly, last year, the highest spenders were in the West Really? And in the Northeast. But this year, we've actually seen a shift in those trends where we've seen the Midwest kind of grow to be the top place that people are spending on pets. Wow. In actuality, this makes complete and total sense because inflation has really been hitting a lot of American households really hard this year. And in the Midwest, They have much more affordable housing, much lower cost of living. So they're going to have more in their budget to dedicate towards their pets. Whereas places in the West and places in the Northeast typically have higher cost of living and they're spending more of their household budget on groceries, housing, transportation. So that's kind of eating up the funds that they're able to spend on their pets. However, you know, Market Watch, we've also talked with lots of experts who believe that inflation should be cooling this year. So no matter where you live in the country, we should hopefully be able to buy our dogs a few more (laughs) treats and toys this year. And you did take a little look at us, the United States versus the UK. What what, what did you find? Yeah, so there wasn't a whole lot of major differences there. So in the UK, they're spending much more on pet food each year than we are in the States. That's surprising. Um, That's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. So about $150 more per year, which definitely adds up. In the U.S., though, we are spending more on toys and treats as well as annual boarding costs. So those things tend to be just a little bit more expensive here in the States or just, you know, we want to spoil them a little bit more with extra toys and treats. Well, I'm I'm really glad you could be on our show. We're talking with Haley Neff of Market Watch Guides. What's, what's a take-home message you want to give everybody based on this research? And I know there'll be more to come, but I really appreciate you sharing some of this. Yeah, I guess my take-home message would be that, you know, our dogs bring so much joy and happiness into our lives. And if you ever think, oh gosh, you know, I'm not able to spend as much on my pet as I would like to, you know, my budget is getting really tight. Just know that the most important thing that you can give your dog is quality time and love. So as fun as it is to buy all of these awesome toys and treats and outfits and, you know, quality dog food, taking them to the vet, all these important things. Your dog just wants to spend time with you and get those belly rubs. So again, it was so nice being on the show today, Arden. I've loved our chat. And yeah, if anyone wants to check out more of the study, you can find it on marketwatch.com slash guides in our pet insurance category. You read my mind. You had me at woof. I was going to ask you what the... And what's something special you're going to do for your sweetie pie, Charlie? Let's see. I think, you know, this week we are going to be getting up into the foothills. One of her favorite things to do is a snowy hike. So I'm so lucky to live somewhere where I can hike with her in the snow. So we're definitely going to be doing that this week. That's great. Hey, Pet Pals, we're going to continue our show after we take this break. And when we return, 
We're going to gain some savvy dog walking tips from one of the country's best experts. He is Lennox Armstrong, owner of Canine Care. So everybody sit, stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life, and because you wanted it, we've created a new Four-Legged Life monthly digital newsletter. And in addition to fun stories, health and safety tips, and of course, lots of cute pet pics, we'll be having monthly contests and possum prizes exclusive to newsletter subscribers. So grab your fur baby and get over to fourleggedlife.com and get yourself subscribed today for the new Four-Legged Life monthly digital newsletter. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hey, most dogs love, 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 love daily walks. Why, I can't even say the word walk without my dogs, Kona and Emma, leaping off the couch, squealing with delight, and heading to where we store their leashes. Now, forget even about trying to spell W-A-L-K. Most dogs know how to spell those letters. But how do you get the most out of your dog walks? How can you safely walk more than one dog? For answers, we're turning to one of the country's top dog walking experts. At this time, please give pause and applause to the owner of Canine Care. It's based in Glencoe, Illinois. He's been in business since a long time. We're going to find out. Please welcome to our show, Lennox Armstrong. I'm so glad to have you on the show, Lennox. I'm so happy to be here, Arden. You had me at walk and woof. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> My tail's a wagon. <laughs> yeah. Way back when you were going to college and you were pursuing one path and you're like, mm, I don't think so. Tell us the backstory. Yeah, you know, I, I went to University of Oregon. I got an English degree. I came to Chicago where I grew up and and I started this thing called a dog walking company, you know, just to <laughs> How long ago me. was that? Just to That was it. October of 1992. Wow. Okay. You're and young. so I went back to school and I and for other things for acting and and so I had other interests, music and acting and so forth and 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 you know, there's this thing that I was doing called dog walking. <laughs> and and back then, come on, let's put it in perspective. It's over 30 years ago. People were like, what? Right. Yeah. It, there were just a handful of people. There was a, an organization, a company called Chicago Pet and Plant Care, 1976. Wow. Yeah. And, and that was Chicago. I heard about a guy in New York who had been around since the early 60s. He was like, he's like the earliest dog walker, professional dog walker that I, that I'm aware of. Okay. But anyway, in Chicago, there was just a handful. And so I didn't even know if it was something that would fly, but I gave it a go and here I am. So you didn't want to quote Shakespeare all your life and just spend all your time reading great American novels? I still quote Shakespeare like on a daily basis. It, it hums through my head because it's so poetic and fun to, fun to recite. So yeah, I've got a few. What's a few one things. of your favorite quotes from Shakespeare? I'll, all Good the world's Bill. and all the men and women merely actors. Oh, say that again. I overread. All the world's a stage and all the men and women merely actors. Oh. 
we have our entrances and our exits. So we come and go, you know, life, we, we enter life and, and I'm no longer quoting Shakespeare. Now I'm, now I'm ad living <laughs> <laughs> with those first few. Well, mine was never was there a greater tale of woe than that of Juliet and Romeo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. You yeah. still school me in Shakespeare. That's okay. That's okay. I always like to say nice play, Bill. Sorry. That's a bad joke. <laughs> that's good. Good play on words. I like that. So dog walking, you just put a leash on a dog and you go out the door. Wrong. Wrong is wrong is right. So give us a little, school us a little bit about some good tips on how to properly walk a dog one-on-one. And then we're going to get into the pack walk. But, you know, I have two dogs. I love them. But what's some good do's and don'ts as far as equipment to put on a pet? And what should you not do? Sure. So the equipment, a good harness mm-hmm. is the thing to use. And and the definition of a good harness is one that basically the dog's shoulders are free for movement. Okay. So a lot of the a lot of the harnesses wrap tight around the shoulders and it causes the dog to walk with a, a funny gait, you might say, because of the shoulders being pressed together. Do they walk so, like they're on high heels? There's that too. That sort of that happens with pulling, I would say. Okay. So a loose leash is, you know, uh, a loose leash is is something. A good harness, a leash that's long enough. Yeah. This okay. was, you know, this was this was the one thing that took me forever to figure out was length of leash. Because everywhere I live, where I have lived, and still to this day, it's hard to find a leash that's longer than six feet, and sometimes. A few extra feet is what we need just to not be so much on top of the dog. My leash actually has two handles on it. Mm. So it has the longer with a cushion because I'm spoiled. But then if I need to, I can reach and grab the handle to be a little, have Kona closer to my side, just maybe a lot of traffic or something. But I I like that like six to eight feet is a good leash, right? No, what 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 finally hit me was somebody said you can make a long leash short. You can't make a short leash long. Correct. I can take my ten foot leash and make it a you know six foot leash in a moment. So it's not to say that I'm not by my dog sometimes. It's just that there's often times when there was a study that was done by a couple in France named the Bazinskis. They sound like they should be something you know, from St. Louis you know, on a circus act. <laughs> <laughs> right, totally. And what they did was they they studied, they did a bunch of studies. One was how often the dog's nose goes to the ground to sniff around. Wow. Okay. And the basically the longer the leash, the more often the dog lowers their head and sniffs. And why is that so important, Lennox? It's so important because it it allows the dog to have a a relaxed physicality for one thing. So I, I equate it to yoga or, or meditation. You know, it's this, it's this calming activity that a dog um, can do if we let them. Right. So, so they stay, they sort of release the tension maybe in their neck or they're smelling things too. So they're engaging their brain, their mind, as well as, as doing sort of like these yoga stretches that's it's a natural way interesting. for them. I'm learning a lot, everyone. We're, we're speaking with Lennox Armstrong. He runs a company in the Chicago area. It, it is called Canine Care. 
And I think it's about time we get schooled on the right way to walk a dog, the equipment. I noticed you didn't mention the z line leashes. I'm sorry. I'm going to just state my the, prejudice. The, the ones that go way out and they're wire and they're clunky handles. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Oh my well, gosh. One of the, one of the problems with that is there's, there's always tension. Yeah. Okay. It's never loose unless, unless one locks it down. And then the handle is just really bulky and hard to manage. It gets easily popped out of one's hands, but, but the, so there's, there loose leashes it's either loose or it's not. And so okay. when there's when there's a retractable leash, unless it's locked down, it, there's always tension. Never, That's not, a never good loose. point. I've actually heard of people that clunkiness, they've lost the grip and a person lost their front tooth because it popped them in their mouth. There's it. that invisible wire you don't see between you and your dog. What if a jogger cuts in front of you? They could slice yeah. a leg. Yeah, and you and you can't handle that leash. You can't you can't like hold it because it's too. It's either rope thin and burns, or it's yeah. flat and skinny in a way where like so you're it's it's a it's hard to manage a leash. I think like what that. you're saying with the longer ten foot, you're you're still giving the, your dog sometimes that freedom to walk in front of you, but and and but I still like the phrase I want to walk with my dog. What do you think of that? But when my dog goes, I go. When my dog stops, I stop. So, so in that sense, yeah, I, I walk, you know, with my dog, and and it's it's my freedom of choice. So they, my dog gets to choose where to go within reason. So, okay. you know, and who so, is your dog? He's dying to get his or her name on the radio. Come on, <laughs> of course, my my miniature schnauzer, almost nine year old name is Suki. Suki. Suki, you are now a star. You've been mentioned on the radio. Hey, we're speaking with Lennox Armstrong. He is the founder, owner of Canine Care. He's one of the most well-known professional dog walkers. Yeah, it's a profession. And we're going to get into how you can walk more than one dog safely after we take this break. And you all know the drill. We're going to sit, stay. We'll be right back. Hey, have you heard? For the second year in a row, the Dog Riders Association of America has named Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life its top media winner. So how about some pause and applause? Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're chatting with Lennox Armstrong. He is the founder, owner of Canine Care. And this man knows how to properly walk a dog or two or three. So you belong to a professional organization of pet sitters. You want to give a shout out to them? Absolutely. It's the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. The acronym is NAPS. Which I always laugh because I'm thinking, are we taking a dog name? But no, it isn't. What's the best thing that you've, how long have you been with NAPS and what's a takeaway you can share to encourage other pet sitters, dog walkers to get into a professional organization like NAPS? 1998 was when I I joined and I wish I had known about it sooner. You know, when I started, NAPS has been around since 1989, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know, like back then in 1992, it was yellow pages to find anybody. Oh my gosh. 
So it took me a few years. Um, just all you millennials, look up yellow <laughs> pages. They right. It's like this thick. You could use it as a pillow. Anybody who's in a in a profession that involves, you know, taking care of a dog or a cat or a pet or anything of that nature, it's it it only makes sense to be a member of an organization, professional industry organization, such as NAPS. So it's kind of a no-brainer if you ask me. So with your group Canine Care. How many professional dog walkers do you have? And let's talk about, I was going on your site and we do want to make sure everybody knows how to reach you. It is caninecarespelledout.com, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So what's your army of walkers? What do you got? And the, the army of walkers currently, we're at nine employees, a manager who sometimes fills in with dog walking, and then eight of those are dog walkers. So Okay. I know you've got stuff like you have small group walks, you do some off-leash time with dogs in safe environments, you have something called truffling and man-trailing. Okay, come on, explain these. Well, truffling comes from you know dogs who search for truffles in the ground. So it's not literally truffles that we're searching for. So, you know, it kind of goes to the sniffing around, letting a dog, you know, sniff around and find things and the man trailing is kind of the same. It's just that they're looking for people. So it, so it might, you know, this, this happens either naturally or artificially. So it can happen naturally when a dog just is looking for something. And I love finding out what they're looking for. You know, okay. it, uh, it might be a, might be a person, a man or a, or a, or a dog or a piece of pizza. <laughs> uh, so what are the signals they're giving you that they're man trailing? Uh, you can just see the wheels turning. You know, they, they start sniffing, they get that crinkle in the nose and, you know, you can see that they're, they're using their schnoz for figuring thing, what was here and where did it go and how can I find it? So it's, it's really just a matter of tuning in and being observant and, and watching them. You know, I don't know if uh, Suki does this, but you know, when they're dreaming, they're moving their paws. What's some place that, you know, your dog loves to go and I'm sure you do variety. Hmm. There's so many places. I can't think of like one that floats her boat more than anything else. It's just kind of like everywhere, wherever we go. It's not like... Well, a, what's your mind state when you're going for a walk with your dog? You got to say some endorphins you know, are kicking in. Yeah. You know, one of the things, and this kind of goes back to your initial question about, you know, there was equipment, but there's the speed at which we walk or we walk. Yeah. We really have to be careful. What I see is a lot of people walking at a speed at which the dogs are having to keep up with. Okay, good. So check your pace, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and so our legs are typically longer than our dogs. So what I see are a lot of dogs that are that are trotting or jogging to keep up. Okay. Or they're they're trotting ahead as people walk quickly behind them, but they're still just sort of running to to so so the the duration of the walk is really important. There is a too much, there's a too long, there's a point at which they get exhausted and tired. What would be a signal? What would you be looking at? You know, and I got this handy little book here, Arden. I'm glad you asked that question. It's oh, a, no. a book written by this person, Tirid Rugas, talking Go terms. ahead and say for our radio listeners what... Yeah, I know. You can all see this. So, on talking terms with dogs, calming signals. Tirid Rugas, R-U-G-A-A-S. She's a Norwegian dog trainer. Uh, she's 86 years old. I'm not sure oh. if I'm supposed to... Like outer right. She's an ageless wonder. I don't think she would mind. And 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 so anyway, this this book helps me with everything, you know. So so it's the 
what it is, it's the silent body language of dogs. And so by, by learning and understanding the silent body language of dogs, I'm able to tell, you know, how they're doing. And so, so, but it's basically just paying attention to a dog and just knowing at what point are they done? Yeah. I mean, this is, don't put the earbuds in, don't be talking on your phone. Come on. Right. right? I I just think yesterday was a crazy day for me, but I made sure I had 30 minutes to go for a walk with Kona and Emma for all of our sanity. Doesn't that help you too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like totally agree with get the, keep the earbuds out, the headphones off, tune into your pet, to your dog. Mm-hmm. And just be paying attention to how they're doing with, and, and it is, it's for me too. Like I enjoy the walk more so that way, but I need to be able to hear and I need to be able to see what's yeah. going on and pay attention to, to how my dog is doing. And the we general. Just, yeah. We just have a couple minutes left. Do you have some good tips for when it would be a good time to walk more than one dog and how do you size up the pack to make sure and mm. not get the leashes tangled? <laughs> yeah, sure. So I typically walk a dog one-on-one to begin with to get to know the dog. Mm-hmm. If there's two dogs in the family, I might, you know, I might start by walking the two of them because they already know each other. Mm-hmm. I personally, and as a company, draw a line at, at three, no more than three for as a company for sure. And okay. there's, I played around with the numbers and I sometimes four is okay, but sometimes it's one too many. It really just depends. It depends on the dog and the day where you go and what you're doing. So, so we, we walk, we walk in small groups. We start with one dog and one dog walker to get to know the dog. Okay. And then we have another dog walker with another dog to come together and do, we do, uh, we might do what's called parallel walking. Okay, good. Um, Whether it's literally parallel or, or just um, from behind or in front, but sort of keeping maybe distance. So there's various ways that we might, we might have another handler, Mm -hmm. uh, Oftentimes we do that um, to introduce the dogs and let them come together. Maybe not the first time, but maybe maybe after a few times. Now, if they if they're starting to work okay, and you have three dogs, I only have two hands. Yeah. Suggest. (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, it's a little bit of like it's like braiding, right? You know, like you know, an unbraiding. Uh, It's just a little bit of leash management. You know, one gets used to it. And, and it's, it's two or three leashes. It's not like, you know, I, we do not walk in like a pack of 20, you know, so it's not going to be like 20 leashes that are, you know, we're talking about two or three leashes. And so you, it's, it's you ever recommend a, a, a I don't, belt? Belt. Yeah. I don't, it, it, nah, I don't, Why I is don't that? because I, I need my hands to manage the leashes. I, I want to keep a loose leash. And why do I need my hands free? What am I doing with my hands anyway? So, so I need to switch hands maybe. And so, yeah, I don't, I, I find, I find those to be not (laughs) usually useless. I don't, I don't use them. What, what parting message could you give somebody on why we should try weather permitting to walk our dog at least once a day? You know, it's important for them to get, just to get out. And, you know, so, so as long as, as long as it's comfortable and they're, they're safe and they are in a space where they can use their mind, they get cabin fever eventually. Yeah. 
so so it engages their mind and their physicality to to get out and 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 enjoy the world so I like that. Mm-hmm. and how do people find out more about you and your company we're talking with lennox armstrong mm-hmm. yeah my website is caninecare.com i'm on facebook those are kind of the two channels that i'm currently most on Hey, Pet Pals, that's it for our show today. Again, I want to thank our two special guests. We had Haley Neff with her dog, Charlie, talking about pet trends. And we just spoke with Lennox Armstrong of Canine Care, talking about do's and don'ts of walking your dog. I want to thank all you radio stations coast to coast for airing this show, and especially you, Pet Pals, for tuning in. Join my YouTube channel, Arden Moore. Very, very easy. Go to fourleggedlife.com. And until next time, I just have two words for all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is FourLeggedLife.com. And have a pawsome week.